Hello and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Megan Sunday. And I'm Bo North. On this show, we are discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter, and today we are here to talk about chapters 11 and 12 of Children of Dune, just as soon as we become a perfect storehouse for our relic memories. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> That's uh, me. Yeah. I never I forget a thing. It's all just crystallized in my mind. It's your it's mind like a palace. steel trap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. No, I definitely mm. have the problem of I can perfectly remember something that someone said to me one time 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. But I walk into the other room and I'm going, mm-hmm. Yeah. Why am I in here now? Especially if I, it was something I did that was embarrassing. I remember it for life. Like, I remember stuff I did in high... Like, I'm 43 years old. I remember stuff I did in high school that is embarrassing. And it oh, still yeah. embarrasses me to this day. But I can't remember what I was going to say. So there you go. Yeah, proves yeah, my point. Exactly. Just your brain <laughs> just keeps it all in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, or... I will make lists of things that's like, oh, I'm at this meeting for work. Let me take down all this stuff. Ooh, I have an idea. Let me write it down. And oh, yeah. if I do not immediately write it down, it is gone. My boss will be like, oh, what did you think about blank? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> if you want to know some really esoteric details about Lord of the Rings, that's in there. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, uh, I, I don't know what that is, but I know a plot point from a Babysitter's Club book I read in 1991. Sure. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, um, like, being diagnosed with ADHD and then, like, learning about it has been fascinating. Like, executive dysfunction, I think is what that's called. And it's, it's so, like, just knowing that that is a thing and has a name and, I'm not the only one that does it is like the most relieved I've ever felt, <laughs> I think, in my life. <laughs> no, it so. is a relief when you find that stuff out. And we're not having nearly the mental troubles that my precious baby Alia is. Yeah, this is a real bummer. This oh is a God. real bummer today. I'm not going to lie to you guys. This is, these are not, uh, these are not happy chapters. Not no. that anything in Dune is ever really happy, but these unless are you're not a bad happy. guy, then sometimes you're having a real good time. Yeah, then you're having a great day. But uh, before we get into chapter eleven, we've got an epigraph which I'm going to read, <laughs> which I'm going to mangle. You know, knowing me, <laughs> uh, this is Leto's vow uh, after Hark Al Ada, and here we go. I hear the wind blowing across the desert, and I see the moons of a winter night rising like grape ships in the void. To make, to them I make my vow. I will be resolute and make an art of government. I will balance my inherited past and become a perfect storehouse of my relic memories. And I will be known for kindliness more than for knowledge. My face will shine down the corridors of time as long as humans exist. Hmm. Ki kindliness. Kindliness. Kindliness is hmm. 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 <laughs> Let me stroke my beard for a second while I think about that one. <laughs> yeah, that's especially. I think it, it, it's almost a little shitty that this is the epigraph about like being a perfect storehouse when this entire chapter mm -hmm. is about how Alia nearly went insane. Yeah. Because no one no one gave her a goddamn hand. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, like in this chapter, good for literally, you, I guess. she's flipping out on a bench, and mm-hmm. one of her guards is like, oh, she's having a little nappy nap. Like, no, she's not having a nap. She's not resting. <laughs> she's obviously in distress. Like, what is going on right now? <laughs> like, oh my god. Duncan, where are you? Worst husband in the world. Mm, I know yeah, you're I busy can't... doing stuff, but dude. Like, I love Duncan, but... Yes. Yeah, he he's not... <laughs> I wouldn't call him a great spouse. <laughs> a good... Not a good partner. <laughs> no, I... I... I really feel that their their wedding was a lot of, I think everyone's known that couple that just really want to do it. Yeah. And um, like, well, we got to get married first. So here's the thing. We learn in this chapter that Ollie and Duncan got married a month after Paul went into the desert. Yeah. She was, like, yeah. she was still 15 years old. <laughs> Uh, just <laughs> Duncan uh, Idaho Duncan Christopher Idaho <laughs> right <laughs> what are you doing and how can we have you not do that right and how so. can we make sure they don't do this in the movies because I don't want to see Jason Momoa marry another teenager no please no <laughs> no Sir, Thank God no. that that was like the one thing I will give Game of Thrones. Like the one thing I will give them is that they at least aged her up. They yeah, they aged everyone up because at some point he realized that having her like be twelve and having Sansa be eleven and stuff was a little problematic. Yeah. And that they could just make everyone thirteen, fourteen at the beginning and then, you know, age them up appropriately as as the years went on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, that's really fine. Goodness yeah. gravy. So I, I did not mind that as much. There were other changes from the books that I did not like, but this and is I not should the say game. that that was phrased very badly. Like, I only meant on Game of Thrones, Jace Momoa in real life married to a very beautiful older lady. So, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this one is sort of a flashback chapter mm-hmm. because we are learning about basically what went down with Alia. Yeah. So we find out, you know, she talks about that, you know, when she was little, she was trained and she practiced in the, the Prana Bindu, just trying to, like, get her own, like, strengthen her own private personality is what they keep calling it. Yeah. So just desperately trying to, to hold on to any semblance of her own self against the nonstop onslaught of all of her ancestors and her mom. Uh, being in her inside head. her head at all times. And apparently, I think the thing that has to be understood with this is that when the twins talk about it, it kind of sounds neat. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just think, like, oh, I wonder, like, how, how, do, how do sandworms develop? And some ancestor in their past is like, oh, I have an answer for that question. Here we go. What Alia is experiencing is just constant like shrieking and freaking it's, Agamemnon's in there. Yeah, fucking Agamemnon, man. Like, no. It is I, Agamemnon, your ancestor. Like, no, go back to where you came from. Who are nobody, you? I nobody needs Greece. you here. <laughs> nobody asked for you. Yeah, some of them are just saying nonsense. Uh, it's very, 
I compare it to, like, what I would compare it to, because I always have to compare things to other things in popular culture, is if you've ever mm-hmm. watched Umbrella Academy, it's why Klaus doesn't like to hear dead people. Mm-hmm. Because they're just constantly screaming at him. And that's yeah. why he's high all the time. Uh, and that's basically what Ollie is like, wow, wouldn't it be great if I could just be high all the time? Except that it's also mm-hmm. bad because since everything, literally everything in the atmosphere in which she lives has spice in it. Mm-hmm. She's just sort of overdosing all the time because there's nothing yeah. you can do. Uh, so poor kid. Yeah, it's really depressing. Yeah, you know. So we hear this is where we hear that you know, her her, she's just like, no one ever has helped her. It says fear stalked her childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had fought it, never asking for help. Who would understand the help she required? Not her mother, who could never quite drive away that specter of Benny Gesserit judgment. The preborn were abomination. So she basically knows she can't ask her mother for help, or assumes she can't, mm-hmm. because she'll just be like, well, time for you to die. <laughs> you know, probably. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, she had Paul, who she still really couldn't talk to, but at least was around, kind of mm-hmm. being her sort of stable adult figure. Yeah. Uh, and then... He was like, well, peace out. <laughs> to the desert go I. Yeah. Me th- me seems to be going to the desert. Me seems. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, within the month, she married Duncan because she was just that desperate for, like, hello, an adult. Yeah. Someone I mean, in my I, life. I guess she was never <laughs> even gave her rule in a second glance. Yeah. Because then it says, you know, she married Paul's swordmaster. Uh, which, my my copy here, it's just funny because it just says, within the month, Alia had been married to Paul's swordmaster, Duncan Idaho. And uh, there's an editing error because instead of a mentat, it says a mental. <laughs> a mental brought back. <laughs> Wait, I have, to, I have to see if mine has that now. <laughs> I said, her mother fled back to Kaladin and his twins were in her charge. So she's, yeah, she's 15 years old. She's the regent. She's got mm-hmm. these babies that she's kind of in charge of. Although, yeah, they have a stepmother, but she doesn't really care much about what she has to say about anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's gotten married, but, I mean, I don't know what that whole deal is. We don't even need to get into it, because, again, 15. And meanwhile, through all of this, she's just got constant, like, screaming in her head. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it said, like, the fear of of the voices are kind of like what made her like the dominant personality and what made her like kind of the way I read it was like, she was kind of able to stave them off in a way. Like she, well, it was still a constant struggle, but like it wasn't quite as bad because she had that fear all at all times. And then like after Paul was gone and her mother was gone and like, she just didn't have that anymore. And I think she, I think the temptation was there to, like, use those voices, like. Yeah, like, she had said that, you know, yeah, she had so much responsibility that she didn't have time mm-hmm. for the those fears. Yeah. And she kept going into spice trances because she just needed help. She was like, anything, like, maybe somebody mm-hmm. can give me some advice, give me some guidance as to right. what to do. She hey, also... Agamemnon. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Get in here. <laughs> no. Slaughter your enemies. No, damn it. Why are you all like this? <laughs> um, she has started specifically not listening to her Jessica inner voice because her Jessica yeah. inner voice is a nag. 
Well, that and Jessica, I think it's too, like, it's part of, like, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, but it's also that, you know, she was getting, like, this particular morning that she's, you know, reminiscing about when all this sort of went down. She was taking a walk, um, and she was getting ready for whatever morning kind of, you know, holy events that she does every day. Mm-hmm. And she had been trying to silence her Jessica in her voice because the Jessica, as we've seen, Jessica does not care for the whole, you know, religious propaganda element. Yeah. Even though I brought up the whole religious propaganda element, Jessica. <laughs> and uh, she's, so the Jessica voice inside her has just been kind of like, you know, you'd be better off working, like doing some, you know, studying the way the Atreides use the law and doing this and doing that. So she's been kind of like going like, okay, I don't need to listen to that, mom. Okay. But once the Jessica voice sort of gets faded out, that leaves this opening for the rest of them because they all want their chance. Um, so there is this great moment when she looks and sees dew on the grass and sees all of her reflections and all yeah. the reflections are a different face. Of yeah. The things that are, the voices that are inside her. Yeah. I got chills. Chills. Yeah, like that's, I mean, I think, and like we've been saying, you know, it's, it can be hard sometimes just in yourself to not, you know, hyper fixate on a thought, you know, that time, mm-hmm. that time in high school that you, you know, threw up in class or something, mm-hmm. you know, you're still right. just like, Oh my God. And sometimes it's very hard to turn that off in your brain. But yeah. if you were not only hearing that, but just like the voices of other people who probably all have their own bullshit, because I mean, <laughs> every human has something. Yeah. That it's just all at once. And she compares it to locusts. She tries to, you know, start, she tries to break things down and try to think very scientifically. Like, well, I'll just think of what is dew? Like, what is grass? Mm-hmm. What? Do, how, how much water do we need to make maintain this piece of grass? Uh, but it doesn't matter because the voices are still in there. Mm-hmm. So now we have this little interlude, this little <laughs> dude uh, yeah. named S.S. This... Payman. <laughs> I could tell, I could hereditary. not stop thinking hereditary. I was like, no, <laughs> yes! it's Payman. I'm like, oh shit, Payman. Everybody's got another personality taking them over. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat me cake. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Hereditary, not a funny film. We're laughing because otherwise we'll weep. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Tony Collette should have gotten an Oscar. So, Mm -hmm. uh, so he he claims to just be a traitor. um, Yeah. And he sells holy artifacts. But he's a chom spy. And everyone knows it. Yeah. He he doesn't, he's not really, uh, for a spy, he's not super subtle. No. uh, He comes, he shows up. And assesses the uh, spice crop to see, like, what the numbers are to get mm-hmm. that back to the people. Uh, and so she hasn't brought before, but she's just like, okay, what's up? Why are you, why does Chom care? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, look, I don't know what happens with the information that I gather. I just gather it and send it along. Like, you know, I'm just a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want from me? I'm just um, a gigolo. And everywhere I go. (laughs) And so she's just like, great. So that whatever they're paying you is worth any of this. So she's just like, all right, fine. If you'll do anything for money, then you should work for me. 
Yeah. Like, you know. And he's just like, wait, what? And she's like, look, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're good at what you do, but you clearly mm-hmm. don't have any kind of, you know, moral or ethical attachment to who you work for. If it's just sure. about the money, I could pay you the most money. And he's just like, well, all right, cool. <laughs> I do like that he's just like, I want, they don't say how much, but he's just like, you know, I want $10 million. She's like, yeah, no, you could have $500,000. That's right. more money than you've ever seen. You're cute. <laughs> and you get to live. Right. So at this point, he's just like, well, all right, cool. Uh, but then about an hour later, Javid comes in and is like, oh, my God. As soon as Payman left, he was quoting Bible verses about you. <laughs> uh, and he quoted, uh, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live, which is in the Orange Catholic Bible and, and you know, the actual Bible. So we kept the good stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just the hits. And she was like, well, God damn it. <laughs> then kill him fine yeah you know, she was really mad she was just because she's just like holy shit i just gave this guy a chance that he was gonna kill me no like just just have him executed yeah but then she's like oh maybe that wasn't a great idea but so now then... she, she's haunted by this guilt mm-hmm. uh so she's just like all right fine she keeps like you know think she's trying to 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 break off all of this, these voices. This is where Agamemnon shows up and it's just like, sup? Uh, everyone's They're like, all... why don't you come have some breakfast? And she's like, I don't have time for breakfast right now. I'm having a crisis. Yeah. A crisis is happening. Uh, yeah. They're all struggling for dominance. Like, each yeah. one of them wants to be, like, you know, the alpha personality. Yeah, and this is where Agamemnon shows up, and then someone else is just insane and, and muttering things. Is uh, this basically the plot of that movie, Identity? It kind of is. I hate that movie. It's so bad. <laughs> I saw it in the theater, and afterwards all of us were like, well, why have we ever done things as friends? Why have we gone to movies? <laughs> yeah, I think I saw it with my dad. Oh, no. Yeah. What a waste See, of time. That that is always my worry with my dad with movies because mm-hmm. as i've said before not super into watching a ton of movies and i always am just like god damn it there's gonna be a bad one and then he's <laughs> gonna be like see what have i said no movies <laughs> no well, my, my dad will watch any shit any shit like it doesn't matter <laughs> he he loves a shit movie <laughs> my dad well my dad watches a lot of shit if someone if there's swords yeah i mean for my dad as long as denzel washington is in it or tom cruise <laughs> Or, like, Samuel L. Jackson. Like, he'll watch any of those, but... The only person watching Equalizer 2 is your dad and a bunch of we Pedro saw Pascal that movie. Stands. We saw that movie Safe House in the theater, and, like, it's okay <laughs> if you don't remember it. Nobody remembers that movie. <laughs> like, I couldn't tell you a single thing about it besides the fact that, like, Ryan Reynolds is in it. And that's, like, all I know. <laughs> We saw it, and I mean, it's just like, he was like, yeah, it was a good show. I was like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> like, we're in the parking lot, and I've already forgotten what that movie was about. Those are always the best, or when you find a ticket stub, and you're like, what? Yeah, I know. I saw that movie? Is that Gandalf <laughs> meme? I have no memory of this place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's oh. me with books. Like, I'll start reading a book. I do that with books, too. Like, yeah. usually a mystery or a romance when there's, mm-hmm. you know, I read a ton of whatever it is. And I'll start reading it. I'll be like, wait a minute. Why do I know who <laughs> killed this guy? I've read this book. <laughs> right. 
Damn. So the voices keep coming and coming and coming. And finally, this is where the guard is like, oh, it's good that she's having a little little rest. Like, no, nope. she's, she's actually just, like, like shuddering on a bench. Yeah, she's like flopping around on a bench. Uh, and then all of a sudden, this one voice takes over and it's the Baron. Of course, because we can't. <laughs> and guess what? Hey, you know what? The Baron's fat. So just fat. in case Even you a forgot. Ghost. Like, there's so much. He's fat, fat, fat <laughs> on this whole chapter. I'm like, he's not even actually there. He is just a voice in her head. <laughs> and we still have to hear about how fucking fat he is. I get it. Sorry. I do enjoy how comforting he's trying to be. Where he's like, it's me, it's Grandpa. Like, oh! <laughs> she was like, you were gonna kill me. He was like, well, yeah, but, you know, you killed me you first. Killed me. So, it's all good. He's just like, I'm your maternal grandfather. It's like, you didn't even know that until right before she killed you. Yeah. Um, you know, because he's, because she's like, well, you're dead. And he's like, well, most of us in here are dead. Yeah. I guess with the exception of what, Jessica? Yeah. And he's just like, there's a moment where Jessica's voice is, is and starting probably to Stilgar. Stilgar is probably up. in there. And how would Stilgar be in there? Well, isn't he? Oh well, yeah. Never mind. I was gonna say, isn't he related to Cheney? But Cheney doesn't. He's just in there because he's just so yeah. He's so he's nosy. Just so yeah. Hello. Ah! <laughs> How the hell? <laughs> uh, so the Baron shuts everyone else up, and sh- she just is sort of like, oh shit, like it's quiet. And so this is where the Baron starts to take over because he's just like, see, like I can help you. All I want to do. Is every so often, maybe you could, like, fuck a dude and let me, like, feel it. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Um, you could give me some moments of, like, sensory pleasure or something bleh. like that. And it's like, bleh. <laughs> you know, and this is where the other voices are still kind of being like, you know, he's evil. Um, <laughs> he's he's evil. And he's just like, but you know what? It's fine. But I got uh, your back. Yeah. yeah, don't worry about it. I'm evil, it. but uh, I'm not so bad. And he's also saying, like, look, I'm dead. I really don't have any kind of power because you're <laughs> alive and I'm dead. So, honestly, all I want to do is just give you some advice every now and then, sweetie, and I'll keep all these other things quiet. <laughs> and he's like, look, you're worried about the fact that you executed payment. And, but, you know... Are you, and she, he's specifically like, look, you're worried about it because you think maybe Javid was bullshitting you. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing, you know, and you killed this guy based on what Javid said. And she's just like, well, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And apparently Javid has been getting a little handsy. Yeah. A little intimacy towards her person. You know, lots of close talking. And he notes that even Duncan's noticed it, which is like, okay, then do something about it. I hate to be that, like, you know, <laughs> but duncan you're her husband like at yeah. some point especially if she's got a lot going on you could just i don't know take this dude aside and be like hey yeah uh that's my wife especially at this point that she doesn't seem to be super into it yeah because the baron basically at this point talks her into sleeping with javid and it's like okay so it's not as if she's been actively encouraging this like she hasn't been kind of like oh javid no She's like, oh, yeah, it's been a little weird how he's gotten a little too, like, overly familiar. And it's like, all right, then, Duncan, come on, my man. Yeah. You like, know? help. What? 
you know, you're supposed to help out your wife. Yeah, there's no there's no fault in you know, you're the swordmaster. There's no fault in a little little scary and scaring the dude. Like just Yeah. You know, come on. You've got like seventeen knives on you right now. We all know it. Right. Just just do it. No. So it's... this is I like that the Baron though is immediately just like, so here's what we'll do. Fuck Chubby. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah. No. She's, he's like, I bet he's hiding something, and I bet you could find it out if he's in your bed. Yeah, if you guys are having sex, you can ask him a bunch of questions. She's like, wait, <laughs> w- hold on. Uh, here is where he says, like, you know, well, your husband's a mentat, so it won't, you know, he can't be touched by issues of the flesh. Like, he won't care. Mm. Which is like, no, that's, uh, no, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know, but I, I'm assuming that is incorrect. Yeah. Uh, that is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just watched a bunch of vines. Um, <laughs> and so he starts also in, at this point kind of, you know, starting to insinuate, like, haven't you noticed that Duncan's kind of, you know, pulling away from you and he's mm. very distant. And at this point she's like, like I am. like all the spice a- you're taking. She's like, yeah, you know, I am his decrepit, like, you know, 19 year old wife. <laughs> Oh, it's hard Jesus. to be me. Yeah. Um, and he says, you know, like, look, he's a mentat. If you sleep with Javid in order to get information out of him, he'll understand that. Like, that's a logical <laughs> thing to do. And she's yeah, like, he, uh? he, he basically, he talks her into it. And I this hate is, that. Yeah. And this is the part where he's like, oh, and then when you're having sex, you could totally just stab him to death in the middle of it. And that'll be really hot. And he, she's like, nope, nope. <laughs> She's like, I'll, I'll think about the first part, but not that. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so, like, he's like, yeah, you know, you will convince him that you're under his thrall. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they don't get into such, you know, it's obviously not this elaborately described, but he's basically just like, and then you can just, like, ride him, and then in the middle of it, just stab him, a la yeah. girl. It's It'll like, feel no. really good. <laughs> It'll be awesome. You'll, You'll get the information it. you need. You'll get laid. And it's really sexy. You're like, nope. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, all right, fine. I guess you don't have to do that part. But you should definitely have sex with him. And that'll help. You get information. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, maybe. Yeah. Cause she's like, no, I should have checked. I should have asked for confirmation that payment had said that. I was tired. I did this recklessly. And he's like, no. You did the right thing, honey. Like, you know, everyone, who has the right to do that kind of thing? You do. Because you're the regent. Like, everyone should listen to what you do. You know, you, she says, you acted to maintain order in your society. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a good reason for judgment, not justice. And she's like, oh, thanks. Like, praise. <laughs> no one's praised me ever in my life, except maybe Duncan twice. <laughs> yeah, she just eats it up. Uh, he's like, no, you're doing a really good job. Like, you're a great yeah. regent. You're making hard decisions. No one understands how hard it is for you except me. <laughs> oh, God. It's so sad. It's just so distressing. Yeah, and at this point, she's still, like, talking to herself. She's talking all this out loud. And... Yeah, and one of her guards is like, who are you talking to, my lady? And she's like, uh, my inner voices. And he, she's like, oh, that's cr- that's cool. Like, that's really awesome that you do that. Like, it's so mystical. She's like, yeah, no, yeah. it's great. And this is where she's like, yeah, you know what? Uh, bring me Javid. 
bring him to my room. Don't worry about it. I've got something super duper important. Oh, by the way, is Duncan's gone, right? He's yeah. he's Duncan's out of town. He left. Okay, good. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh yeah, no, he already left. Do you want me to get him? Like, no, no, no. That's fine. No, he's got a lot on his plate. I'm gonna just talk to Javid. Yeah. And... And she's like, oh, I think I should be there. Because, you know, it could be dangerous. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good. She's like, well, all right. Don't you think I could handle myself? And she's like, you can wait outside the door, but don't worry about it. <laughs> Whatever you hear, <laughs> don't worry about it. I'm like, oh, okay. And he's just like, she's like, okay, maybe this is great. And she's like, also, you know, all right. You know, the guards are clearly like... Oh, sweet. Are we going to kill Javid? Awesome. She's like, all right. So everyone hates this guy. He is kind of hot, though. Like, huh. All right. I mean, it's fine. Maybe that would be okay. Like, wouldn't be too, too hard. Sure. All right. Fine. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, all right. So maybe you're right, Baron. He's like, see, aw, good job, honey. Like, this is going to be great. Don't worry about a thing from now on. I'm like, ha, <laughs> <laughs> My baby. Uh, I know. So sad. And I'm angry at Jessica, honestly. And Duncan. I'm angry at the two of them. And Paul. Like, honestly, I feel like this is all Paul's fault. Well, I mean, isn't everything, ultimately. (laughs) I I mean, I think that a lot of the issue when it comes to Paul with Alia is that everyone, especially in Dune and in Dune Messiah... Well, especially in Dune, they mm-hmm. are all just kind of like, look at this funny, look at this funny little nugget. Like, this wasn't a very good thing, but she's so cute. She's just mm-hmm. trying to, like, get by and say creepy things to people. And she's two, and everyone's just like, well, that's weird. But, you know, the fact that that novel literally ends with her, you know, cutting throats in the battlefield as a little tiny girl, and everyone's like, yeah. Like, Jessica's just like, I'm not even thinking about that part. And Paul's just like, that's my sister. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, well, that's not particularly great. And then by the, by Dune Messiah, you know, she's 15 years old the whole time. And everyone's just kind of like, oh, well, shit. Maybe at some point we should have talked to you or mm-hmm. done something. Because you're Helped out you. here. You're solving mysteries. You're doing naked stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. I feel like somewhere along the line we could have said something to you or hung out with you more, but oh well. And then, yeah, and by that point, you know, just, I mean, and I understand her fear that, you know, the, the Benny Jesuit are basically like, well, we should have drowned her. You know, right. The, the moment that she was born, they should have been like, nope. And that, you know, obviously, obviously Jessica did not do that. You know, she didn't decide that that was what she needed to do. She was just sort of kind of taking it as a, well, I did this and I'm responsible for this, but then didn't go any further than that. Like there was never a point, you know, where she thought, all right, I did, you know, I did this thing that made my child this way. So now I have to educate myself and take mm-hmm. more responsibility and nope. you know, work with her. <laughs> No, she's just like, I feel really bad about that, honey. But, you know, yeah. your brother has this, you know, glorious purpose and we got to We can't go. say anything about it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, 
And the fact that Jessica's like, oh, yeah, I guess I do feel kind of bad about that in the last chapter. Yeah. It was like, that's, it's too little too late. Like. It definitely is. And the fact that, you know, and obviously I think, you know, we have to excuse the twins a little because they are mm. nine. Yeah. Uh, they are and they aren't. But at the end of the day, they're nine. And when mm-hmm. this all started to happen, they were just like, you know, five. So even though they were pre-born, they're still five-year-olds. Yeah. And so ult- ultimately, this comes down to Duncan. Because, dude, that's your wife. Mm-hmm. That's your full-on And wife. Jessica, because that's your mother. Or your yeah, daughter. Yeah, she's gone. And yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that's Duncan, the thing. She shouldn't have left. She shouldn't have left. But I'm assuming Duncan is there. I'm assuming they, like, hang out. Yeah. You know, we're not given any indication that their marriage has gone completely sour, like, for ages. Right. You know, we kind of come into it at this point where everyone's just like, oh. <laughs> um, but it's just such a... Well, it's like that whole conversation that the twins have where they're basically like, yep, poor cuckold Uncle Duncan. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. That's his business. Which, <laughs> I mean, true, but also, yikes. Yeah. Well, that part rang true for family gossip, though. Sure. Like, that's definitely the group text where it's like, guess what? <laughs> I just found out. Um, I got the hot goss. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no gossip like family gossip. It's just the way it is. No. Yeah. So it's, there's so few people who could have done anything, but the ones who could have did nothing. Did nothing. Yep. Did absolutely fucking nothing. So... Great. Um, should we move on to the next chapter? Yeah, the next page. It's like a yeah. page and a half. It's it's nothing, and it it's it's a grim little piece of work, but it's it not. Is. It's not long, at least. I'll give it that. <laughs> at the end of the day, at least yeah. it's a short chapter. Um, you want me to take this epigraph? I can do it. Okie dokie. All right. This is from oh again the religious propaganda. This is from the instruction manual from the Missionaria Protectiva. These are illusions of popular history, which a successful religion must promote. Evil men never prosper. Only the brave deserve the fair. Honesty is the best policy. Actions speak louder than words. Virtue always triumphs. A good deed is its own reward. Any bad human can be reformed. Religious talismans protect one from demon possession. Only females understand the ancient mysteries. The rich are doomed to unhappiness. Well, that last part. (laughs) I mean, we can only hope. Um, (laughs) Can you stop? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we've all, we've all heard these things in our day. Um, and yeah, this is exactly what we heard in Dune, that this was the stuff mm-hmm. that they sprinkled in and amongst the oh, Fremen ideologies, so that Paul Platitudes. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I do like the one about only females understand, how they threw that in too, like, also the Benny Jesuit are right. I was, I was waiting for like, <laughs> I was waiting for like, a stitch in time saves nine. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a uh, brave new world. Right. <laughs> Although that's against theirs is the, you know, you don't stitch things. You just buy new right. ones. Because capitalism. Uh, it's always, always 1984. Never brave new world. Everyone just yeah. needs to switch over to a new comparison. Yeah. 
Since we're all waiting for our free Soma handouts. I mean, I sure am. <laughs> hey, hello. When Just page me when the orgy starts. <laughs> the best part of that book is the fact, not just that there are orgies, but also that you get invited to them. Yeah. Like, you get a little <laughs> evite, and you're just like, ooh, oh, Bo, Bo and Brian are having a little party. Oh, it's an orgy! Yeah. <laughs> How nice! Yeah, sure, I can come to that. I have it <laughs> in my first book. I have a, a scene where, like, one of the characters is given, like, one of the other characters a, a copy of Brave New World and they're sitting outside and reading and he's like oh what do you think of it and she was like well I wasn't expecting so many orgies <laughs> was like, which was how I mean it's my book so it was how I felt when I read Brave New World I just you have to like say I'm gonna be like half an hour late though I hope yeah. that's okay like I'm just I'm not gonna be able to get off work and get out there until at least 8 30. <laughs> so hopefully well, everyone won't be too involved you know things don't really pick up until after nine <laughs> exactly everyone's <laughs> got to get there take some soma chill out yeah uh, so don't... anyway yeah <laughs> um don't, so well, don't invite any deltas though i have in my i have in my notes jackarutu but i think they call it something else in this and i think i might no, be... they also say jackarutu okay so that's where we are in this chapter i feel like i'm about to get like this it's i feel like jason Bourne right now like stop saying that word it's gonna activate me <laughs> <laughs> well they call it shulak mm -hmm. in the books or in this chapter too so that is kind of what they're saying, and uh, yeah, so we, we're meeting this guy, uh, Maritz, Mariz, and his son, whose name is Asan Tariq, and they've captured these, this group of people, like these six people, that are uh, some off-worlders, you know, they described as being like having fancy clothes, and you know, soft faces, and kind of water fat, so like they're they're off-worlders who are kind of, like, on safari. <laughs> They've got, like, their Fremen guides to show them the Great Desert. And they just went to the wrong part of the desert, man. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, hello? Uh, we, we wanted to be cool. We wanted to hang out. Like, that's that's why we're here. Like, and the hey. guy's basically like, no, you're freaking tourists. Which I get. Like, valid. You know. Oh yeah, no. This is this is complete. Just this is tourism, and mm -hmm. um, they're not having it. They're not having it, and also they're very into demons. Yeah. Uh, this is there's a little bit of frailty in the air. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> there's a little bit of hey son, that's a demon. <laughs> Let's kill right. him. Right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, so like one of their big things, one of their big deals. Jackarutu is that they're just like if you're not one of us we take your water yeah that's just how it works no outsiders uh, no outsiders so like yeah my son will be trained to detect demons and you guys today's well. his, yeah today's his test of manhood and the test of manhood is basically like hey slit these throats stab them through the brain yeah, yeah, Ooh, that's actually brain. what it is. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, though, that can't be that bad. It seems like it would be pretty quick. 
Yeah, I mean, it's done, and that way it doesn't spill a lot of blood. I, mm-hmm. I do like that one of the, the guides spits at him and says, like, this is how little, like, it means this is how little I value my water when it is taken by animals. Mm. Which uh, is some so, cold shit. Yeah. It is. <laughs> um, and after it's done, they go and they, the bodies get taken to the still to get rendered for their water. Yep. And um, Moritz tells Tariq, like, the preacher must not know what we've done here today. Ooh. So, so the preacher is there, I guess, or wonders. He knows, like he's sort of in. like part of them, but he doesn't want to know that they're doing mm-hmm. this. Yeah. this stiff. Uh, yeah, which Paul. He would not. A, he would not approve. What a Paul thing to Paul. I just yeah. like <laughs> Paul. I swan to John. I just like. <laughs> You gotta deal with stuff, dude. You can't just wander into the desert. You can't just hang out with these guys. Yeah, I mean, these guys. Like what a what a gang to get caught up in. Yeah, yeah. Like very cool, very very cool friends you have. New friends you have now, Paul. <laughs> Paul, are they really your friends? <laughs> if they would kill you immediately for your water, are they really your friends? Yeah. Like, so they mm. they suck. Yeah, there's basically that's that's that we're getting a glimpse into sort of the culture uh, that surrounds Jackarutu, which yeah, is is kind of important. Yeah, because there's sort of this is also I think our first sort of glimpse. We've seen little bits where they've talked. They talked especially uh, in Dune Messiah about how in the deep desert a lot of fremen were kind of going back to the quote-unquote old ways just like yeah. this is you know we're doing sacrifices. Blood sacrifices yeah um then like this is our first real glimpse though at this is beyond just we've decided to re-embrace our fremen background because mm-hmm. the fremen that we met initially weren't just instantaneously like well all y'all are dying especially since some of these people are other fremen like they're not mm-hmm. even asking where they're from or anything they're not like oh you're from an enemy set this is like oh mm-hmm. no you're not from here yeah and so i mean it's like the fremen are insular but then these this tribe takes it yeah. way further than that just a like, touch like for an insular society they're even more so but jack but yeah, I feel I feel like it's Treadstone. I'm about to become a yeah. super soldier. Mm-hmm. I am not a super soldier. I have made this comparison to you before, but like I am <laughs> I'm Clive Owen in Jason the First Born movie. Just like ah, <laughs> my head hurts. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sad. I don't like yeah. this. Hi, Matt Damon. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's been a long time since I saw that first movie. And I've only ever seen the first one. No, that's yeah. a lie. I saw the second one because Carl Urban. You but I, see I the don't one with rem- Oscar Isaac? No, I don't actually. I didn't. And I don't actually remember a- any points of any of them. Like he, wear, he, he wears like a fisherman's sweater. Oh, well, then I'll definitely at least look it up on YouTube. Yeah, that's <laughs> really all you need to do. I don't. I don't need to watch the whole thing. So... So that's Fine. these two chapters. Yes. Uh, it's an interesting kind of split where it's like, oh, we'll tell you all this stuff about Alia that we've been hinting at mm-hmm. prior. And also, here's some shit that's going down with this. Like, oh boy. Yeah. 
Because I don't think anyone was expecting just getting people getting stabbed through the head. Yeah, I mean, it sure snuck up on me. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that was that's a pretty intense way to die. I just like to say, and um, you know, you got to be pretty, uh, pretty strong. I feel like to pull that off. Well, if you're going up under the chin, I mean, yeah, but I mean, still. Really a- there's the palate, which I know it's soft. I don't but... know. I I've never stabbed anyone through the head, Bo. I don't really know how it works. <laughs> well, physicians and certain, I guess, militant types get in touch. No. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not tell us if you've ever no. stabbed anyone because we will have to contact the authorities. I'm not an arc. Uh, if someone says they've stabbed some through the head, I think no, that, yeah. <laughs> you know, that might be my, my thing. If you just want to write us an email about, like, you know, the time you went to a Soma orgy, we're not going to hurt you for that. But eh, the stabbing. I yeah, honestly, know. though, like, I, I just don't have, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have capacity right now for that. Yeah, also, uh, we are not in, what was it, the emotional mental yeah, state right. to hear that kind of information <laughs> sure oh like, um, i i need i need it to just you know like no thank you that's why i'm just like watching you know bridgerton <laughs> where no one stabs anyone through the head yeah no or just no watch star wars there's no blood <laughs> um so that's it for this week we got um Hey, we got a new patron. Yay! Yay! Welcome, Dylan C. We are so glad to have you. Yes, thank you so much. uh, Yes. As always, if you are interested in, you know, some bonus content, we talk about the Dark Tower, we talk about Lost, we sometimes do video episodes, uh, you know, TBD on that one. But uh, (laughs) we've got our newsletter. So there's stuff going on on the Patreon. So if you want to check that out, we've been talking about doing many, many episodes. Um, But we'll, you know, kind of see where we fall on that. Mm -hmm. Um, As always, if you want to ask us questions, we love to get questions from you guys. We love to answer them. Comments, questions, whatever. Uh, you can always reach us at weirdingpodcast at gmail.com or we're on Twitter at weirdingpod. So please do reach out to us. Yes. Please ask us questions because then mm-hmm. we have something to talk about. Otherwise, it's going to be a video of the two of us. And I don't even know what we're going to be talking about. I'm just going to be reading her things that I found on the internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be a show in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything is either me going this is weird but i accept it or me going no why did i click that I, i'll never learn can... i've been on the internet for 25 years yes i still sometimes i'm like oh i'll look that up oh no <laughs> Aw. and as always you can find us over at the spool.net where we write about film and television I just finished a, writing a review for uh, a Netflix series called the or movie called The Dig. It's very good. I highly recommend you watch it. Um, I cried a lot both times I watched it. So yeah, oh, I did. I mean, it was it was extremely good. I, it's I it was not what I was expecting. I was expecting some something kind of schmaltzy, mm-hmm. you know, a period drama sort of thing that I would watch and forget within a day, but no, it is really like 
stuck with me. I'm still thinking about it. So definitely that's good. So what what are you working on right now, Megan? Uh, I am going to be covering a couple, another as historical uh, fiction kind of mm-hmm. upcoming miniseries, which I'm excited about, from New Zealand. Ooh. And also I am writing an anniversary piece. It's the 25th anniversary of the movie Mary Riley. Woo! <laughs> I'm the only one that cares. <laughs> but I'm going to make everyone else care. Because John Malkovich wears a lot of wigs. <laughs> I mean, that movie is all wigs. That movie is all wigs and Julia Roberts doing something with her accent. Oh, there was blood in the floor. <laughs> That's all I can remember from that movie. That's also... One of the movies from this very specific time period before he became, like, a thing where Michael Sheen is just in stuff as, like, yeah. a cheeky butler. Mm-hmm. There's, God, like, I love Michael Sheen so much. <laughs> he's wonderful. But there's, like, that. He's in Wild as just, like, one guy that, that Oscar Wilde has an affair with. Mm-hmm. And I think the one, like, the first one where he's just, like, ever had sex with a man? How about <laughs> doing that with me? Uh, and there's some other, I can't think of it now, but there was just this like little bit where you were just like, oh, this guy's in a lot of movies. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait, Michael Sheen. <laughs> wait, who played Oscar Wilde in that movie? Stephen Fry. Okay. Okay. For some reason I was like, was that the one with Johnny Lee Miller? And then I was like, no, wait, that I'm thinking of no, Byron. That, he- okay. But that movie has quite, they gave, they gave him quite the buffet as it were. Cause it's Michael Sheen. Uh, he does not hook up with him, but there's a brief moment where he is tempted by a rent boy, Playboy Orlando Bloom. Yoan uh, Griffin is Ooh, yeah. from his lovers. And of course, Jude Law yeah. as Bozy. So it's just like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it didn't work out too well, ultimately, in a lot of ways. Right. But hey, look at this. <laughs> Jude Law is such a brat in that movie. Like, he's the worst. We used to watch it nonstop uh, <laughs> with my roommates and I. And we just, like just booing like throwing popcorn and booing just like this like i mean he makes up he makes up for it by looking like jude law so yeah so 90s jude law i mean golden god Mm. i wrote an entire essay on my webpage about a gif of him (laughs) looking like a golden god so (laughs) i know but oh and i I dig can't win I did get confirmation that we will be writing next month an anniversary piece uh, on Ridley Scott's Hannibal. Oh, no. <laughs> 20 years. 20 years of Hannibal. I know. Years. God, I saw that in the theater. 20, 20 years. Oh, me too. Yep. I feel uh, so old. That is a book that I have learned to love once <laughs> I realized, well, once I realized what it was doing. Mm-hmm. I will say that because it's it is very different than uh, Red Dragon or Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Um, but the movie I have not has not won me over. No. <laughs> and we will not speak of Hannibal Rising. No, 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 no. Nobody's gonna um, do an anniversary piece on Hannibal Rising. <laughs> do you know I why? Because nobody like, no. cares. <laughs> It'll just say no. I mean, It'll even just be a picture of one of his like Chanel ads. Yeah, I mean, he's, like, Gaspard, uh, what is his last name? I can't pronounce it. it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but he is, no, he's really gorgeous, and he's actually a really good actor. I've seen him in lots of other stuff where I was like, oh, he's he's actually good. He's not 
<laughs> terrible like he is in Hannibal Rising, but also Reese Ifans, who I fucking right. adore, <laughs> is plays oh like a cannibal Nazi in that. <laughs> so the fact that. And that, that is especially interesting, because I'm sure we'll touch on this, but Hannibal, the movie, was like, oh, we're taking out those cannibal Nazis. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're not dealing with that at all. Like, ooh, no, step aside <laughs> from that. And Hannibal Rising was like, nah, like, bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it in. Right. We need it. <laughs> right. Because we all wanted Hannibal Lecter's tragic backstory. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing I love more. Oh, my God. Than like, a tragic I know backstory. why. <laughs> I think the show actually handled it well because it didn't it didn't get too much into it. It only kind yeah. of glanced on his past. So I think it, it that was the smart way to go. But I am definitely going to have to note I think a particular scene that we've discussed that you despise from the novel Hannibal that is again not in the movie that I'll be like, and they <laughs> left this out. <laughs> oh, you mean the sexy breastfeeding? I mean, the sexy breastfeeding. <laughs> I don't despise it. I just am still agog <laughs> that it was even a thing. Yes, if anyone has not heard us talk about this before, but the end of the novel Hannibal uh, does feature Hannibal Lecter and Clary Starling getting together. Yeah. Uh, finally just giving in to their passions, I guess. <laughs> also, she's brainwashed. Yeah. And... She she initiates their sexual relationship with sexy breastfeeding. Well, it's I mean, not really it... breastfeeding because it's it's wine. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he yeah, but you yeah, can fill in the blanks. Yeah, yeah. I she's mean, talking it... about breastfeeding at the time. She's like, either we're gonna do this or you're gonna kill me and eat me. So I'd rather we just do this. Which fair, but. Uh... But then we get the total implication that their entire sexual relationship is her being like, you might kill and eat me, so I'm going to get weird and keep <laughs> yeah. you on your toes. It's like the end of Secretary, except with death and cannibalism. Right. <laughs> oh, and I just remember there's a line at the end of the book that was like, you know, they added to their sex palette or their their... <laughs> their mind palace they were just having fucking in their mind palace all every day and i'm just like why do i need to know this that's that their business is, that book, book is, is bonkers <laughs> it's bonkers but again that's why for me it works ultimately because i had to just say you know what he wrote this book to be bonkers yeah, yeah. this isn't I mean, an he accident went, he went all in <laughs> um and the but the movie was just like oh we can't do that yeah no oh no the movie really really wimped out and I was I was I mean personally I was disappointed that they well, we didn't give go away that way. we can't give away all of our our work yeah no true okay so so, <laughs> so everyone tune in next month for that <laughs> oh. we'll send you the link. Yeah. <laughs> read it when we get all this out of us. Well, thank you everybody so much. Yes. We'll see you next week. Until then, be nice and take your spice. Take your spice. Bye. Bye.